Welcome to Ozarks Hates and Hooch. This ain't no fancy, academic, check your references kind of deal. We are two sisters from the Ozarks, sipping and spewing about Hanks, Hooch, and history. This is Dina and Dawn, and you are listening to Ozarks Hates and Hooch. We are in two different places, unfortunately. Um, unfortunately, I'm not in Mexico, honestly. that's I've been sad for three days now because I was in Mexico for six days, and now I'm back and it's cold. Let me tell you, that first morning, I got up to take Pace to school, and it was 26 degrees outside. Yeah. That was not fair. Unfair, unfair. Either anyway, we are here. We yeah, can okay. also like make a big deal that this is season six. It is season six. Can you six. believe it? I can't believe it. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah. yes. Okay, go ahead. I mean, we need to do that because as I was uploading while she was in Mexico, was I in Mexico? Hell no. I was in South Carolina. And so I'm like, oh my God, this is season six. That's crazy. Yeah. It is. Well, well, we'll go through the same old, same old here. We are two girls in two different states with two different Wi-Fi's. Um, I'm here by myself, but that doesn't mean the dog won't lose his mind. It's a possibility. I did see Elvis in yeah. the computer screen a minute ago, so yeah, I he think he's bored out, but he'll get bored oh. again the closer like eight o'clock comes. So he'll he'll be hungry. Mm-hmm. Um. We have social media, which is uh, our Facebook and our Instagram. We have a website, which is ozarksaintsandhooch.weebly.com. We also have a Patreon. If you guys like us and want us to keep doing this and would like to give us a little bit of money to go towards that, we would appreciate that greatly. Um, we would. If I have anything else, I will say that. Um, so if you've been on a carnival cruise, they hide uh, rubber ducks everywhere, and so I had three rubber ducks, and I had our um, business cards, our Ozark Saints and Hooch business cards. So I went down to guest services and had them hole punch them for me, and I made some Ozark Saints and Hooch rubber ducks, and we hid them. Yay. Yeah. So if somebody's the out there so. listening and finds yeah. it, tell us. Yeah, that's right. Make sure you, because all our information is on there. So make sure that you uh, say something to us so we know. I keep looking at my Facebook page. There's a Carnival Spirit Facebook page where people have been posting ducks that they found and nobody's nobody's put theirs up there. I mean, I we know ours were gone because we went back afterwards and they had they had disappeared. They had been okay. discovered. So we know somebody picked them up. Cool. So that was fun. That was something that um, Mason, Peyton, and I did. The other kids didn't care, but those two had, had fun. Um, this was a great ship. I'll do a little. I'll do a little commercial for Carnival. We love, love it. Sarah was great. But it was a new ship for us. We usually were on the Valor. I will just say. So our we get on the boat. This is what we do every time. We get on the boat. We go to our muster station because if you don't do that, they don't take off. Like we've had to wait before because somebody was too busy getting drinks on the Lido deck and didn't do their muster. 
So we always go straight to the muster station. So we get to the muster station and there's a guy standing there and Pace and I both look at each other and our eyes get really big. He was a singer dancer on the um, on the ballot last year when we were on there and we recognized him. So we got done with the muster. I looked at him and I went, were you on the power last year in January? And he goes, and so he and another girl and then a string um, trio we're all on the Valor the same time we were last year. And we all, we recognized them. Of course, they did not recognize us, but um, we recognized them. So that was, we've been on so many now that we know the Playhouse people or the uh -huh. playlist, I guess. Playlist Productions is what it's called. Well, so maybe by the time I ever get to go, Pace will be a dancer on well, Carnival. So we, um, Evan Sanders, he went with us, who is Peyton's fiance. He went with us and um, he went and found the cast manager one night and said, do you guys ever do backstage tours? And he was, he looked at one of the girls and he goes, yeah, be here tomorrow night at 6.15 at the front doors. And so we all got to go do a backstage tour of the playlist put like we got to go on stage and they talked to us about the stage and then, which I mean, some of it was, because we are performers. Some of it was like, oh, really? That's what those marks on the stage are for? <laughs> Interesting. Right. But we did get to go backstage and walk around, and it was great for Pace. And um, he was super, like, he, talk about a dopamine dump. He had, he was, that was probably the most excited I'd seen him the whole trip was oh. getting to see all those people. And he even said, um, after it was over and we were talking about it, I said, so is this something you might think you might want to do? And he goes, yeah, I think I might want to do it. And I was like, awesome. Friends and family discount. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> well, we'll come watch you. But anyway, we had a good time. We already are planning on going back next year and I want to go to Belize. Yeah, that's Belize is beautiful. Yeah. Oh, so, oh, yeah. We're doing a podcast. We're not just talking about my, my vacation. That's dumb. All right. Um. So I'm going to, it's my turn to do the drink. And this one is much better than the last drink. Man, no way. kidding. Sorry about that last one. Oh, yeah. This is called the King's Jubilee. And it is one and a third ounces of light white rum. Uh, a half ounce of maraschino liqueur, which we had to buy last, or this summer for something, and Dawn didn't want to travel with it, so I got it, and she had to buy more. <laughs> yeah, you know how much that shit is? $40 a bottle, people. But it's good. Yeah. Okay. And a third ounce of freshly squeezed lemon juice. Mm -hmm. So you take all of that in a shaker over ice, shake it, and then pour it into a glass and uh, garnish with a lemon zest twist and a uh, uh, maraschino cherry. Oh, I didn't put the, I forgot the lemon zest twist. It was okay. good. I liked yeah, it. It is good. It's super strong. I I ended up putting some ice in it. So I did you know, too. Like, I did so too. So I'm telling you, I may be a little pickled still because we did get the drink package. <laughs> and we made we made good use of it. Yeah, good. <laughs> I can't um, believe I, I wanted to tell you, Dina, that the picture of my drink, that drama mask was dad's. Oh, that's cool. And I mean it was old. So like I don't remember that hanging in our house, but somehow I ended up with them. And so anyway, when you look at it, it was dad's. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. 
Um, so I think that's it. Do I have anything else to say? We talked about interruptions. We did our housekeeping. Mm -hmm. So I think it's it's time for Dawn to talk. I'm going to sit back here and drink this drink. Okay. Well, so this, what I'm going to talk about was mentioned actually in like season two, maybe. I should have looked it up, but um, I was on the phone with Pam the other day and I told her, uh, you all, if you're a listener from season one and two, you remember Pam was part of our original Hozarks, Haynes and Hooch, and she usually did the Arkansas um, stories. And so she mentioned this place, but didn't do a full episode on it. So I am going to do uh, the story of the King Opera House in Van Buren, Arkansas, which is what haunted so let me give you a little history first. The King Opera House was a is a 132-year-old performance theater right in downtown Van Buren. Um, and I'll talk more about the history. It did fall vacant for a while. It became like in horrible disrepair. And a nonprofit arts group stepped in, restored it, and turned it um into kind of a destination spot. It's really beautiful. There are pictures of it on the, or there will be on the website. And um, I think a local theater group uses it as their space, but also it's a roadhouse. So there are other people that come in. Um, it just, uh, FYI, it is located at 427 Main Street, right in the downtown. Um, so the thing about this, uh, which caught my eye, is there's a false story. And if you look at some of the websites about the King Opera House, they actually tell a story that is absolutely not true, but it's uh, more exciting. <laughs> and so that's why you got to be careful what you um, what you read on the interwebs, you know, because nobody polices that. Um, so, but before I do that, um, I want to talk a little bit about, uh, opera houses. I mean, so that, oh, I'll try not to bore you to tears or go on forever, but this is one of the things that I academically study. And, um, you know, my generation, even, even maybe moms, like, unless you were raised in the heart of the Midwest, you probably didn't know so much about opera houses, um, but every little town in the Midwest, especially, but also in the South, had an opera house. And they were either a freestanding building, mostly in the South, or in the Midwest, they were like the second and third story on the town square. Like there was a, a shop in the bottom story and then the second and third story was this big space with a stage at one end. And the community would use it for all kinds of stuff like meetings and certainly there were opera house theater companies that came through and presented plays. Um, some of them were set up like bowling alleys. I mean, they just used them for all kinds of stuff. Well, um, you can imagine um, how hot that would be, especially in the South um, in the middle of summer when in a big building or um, on the second and third story. So they typically didn't um, that nobody performed in them during the summer months. Instead, they take tents and go out and perform in tents. And that's really more of what I study. But anyway, the interesting thing is they call them opera houses. Do you know why, Dina? 
No, because no. there was no opera that we that anybody knows of that was ever presented in them. So okay. they were called opera houses because opera was more, what's the word I'm looking for? Less sinful than theater. Okay. So in is that small, why Silver Dollar City has an opera house? Yes. Yes. That is patterned right after one. Yeah. And so actually they were just theater spaces, but they didn't want to use the word theater because we all know how sinful that is. So uh, King Opera House, Arkansas, it is on the, uh, uh, it's like more like the Midwestern ones where it's kind of in the square I, um, or not in the square, but it's, there are buildings next to it. In other words, it isn't freestanding. So the false story that is on all these um, websites um, says that an actor by the name of Charles Tolson was running away with the daughter of a local doctor whom he'd fallen in love with. Um, and uh, he was smitten by this girl named Allie who was 17 years old. Um, the, the doctor, Dr. Parchman, was a pillar of his community. And when the doctor heard that they were running away together, he rushed to the depot on horse and buggy and intercepted their departure and proceeded to beat Tolson to death with a horse whip. Okay, none All of that right. is true. So, okay. <laughs> okay. So uh, I'll I'll explain what the real story is. And then, of course, there are some websites that have done their homework and they looked up things and death certificates and traced people and came up with a real story. But um, the actual history of the building, um, Bill uh, Ratcliffe, who is the director of the Van Buren nonprofit Arts on Main, says, our mission was to build a season of entertainment. We wanted to build a place where the community could come together. So they formed this arts group in 1975 as the Center for Arts Education and held community theater plays, children's acting seminars, musicals, and other events. And then it changed its name to Arts on Main when it moved to uh, downtown Van Buren and took over the operation of the theater in 2021. So it hasn't been a theater all that long. Um, the original facility was built in 1891. It's a brick structure. It also at the time housed the Willard Billiard Parlor and the Wallace Saloon and Restaurant. Um, Colonel Henry King bought the theater in 1898 after returning to Van Buren from a trip to the East Coast. While there, uh, King saw plenty of shows and plays and decided that they needed to bring culture to Arkansas. Um, on October 18th, 1898, he oversaw the production of Faust as the Opera House's first performance. And Faust is a really famous uh, 19th century play. It toured everywhere. You've seen Tombstone, the traveling mm -hmm. uh, troupe that comes through Tombstone. That's what they do. They do Faust. They did Faust in actually uh there was a one electric or the first electric showboat that went up and down the mississippi was called the cotton blossom and they advertised their two-hour performance of faust so faust was like crazy wildly popular and it's really if you've ever read it it's very 
oh, melodramatic and emotional and kind of supernaturally, very lots of honor and love and fighting and all that kind of stuff. It's um, so, uh, but then after that, a vaudeville acts and uh, local groups followed and King's vision of bringing culture to Arkansas to Van Buren was fulfilled. In 1914, um, a fire started in the theater and didn't burn it to the ground, but burned it so much that they had to close down and um, remodel. And so it was remodeled into a moving picture house. And again, y'all, I'm sorry, but this is what I study. Um, so moving pictures and radio really threatened live entertainment. And of course it did because it was new, right? I mean, if you, right. you know, if somebody opened up a hologram house, I would totally want to go see a movie mm -hmm. in the movie, right? Yeah. I mean, we all yeah. love new technology. So um, let's see. So the, it becomes a moving picture house to show silent movies. Then it was re renamed the Bob Burns Theater in the 1930s to honor a local celebrity who appeared on radio and in films. And the national premiere of the film Our Leading Citizen that featured Burns was held in the Van Buren Theater. In the 1960s, the Malco Theater chain, that must be a Southern movie theater chain. I've never heard of that. Um, bought the building and began showing movies, but it closed in 1974 after it fell into rough shape. And so then after 74, it sat vacant for years. So the city buys the opera house in 79, but they don't refurbish it until 1991. So they redid wow. the brick facade, they restored the inside, and they hired a person to manage and upkeep the facility. Um, someone would buy the Forsyth. Oh God, if I had money, I would, I would, I would, I'd turn it back into a movie theater and that's what we do. I've got a whole plan, business plan about that. I just don't have any money to do it, unfortunately. Um, okay, so, so the city uh, refurbishes it in 91 and they, they were diligent in keeping the building up, but, but it wasn't ever used. And so, you know, even if you have a, pristine house if nobody's in it it's going to deteriorate right um so the city wants to showcase the theater and turn it into something special um and uh there was a time when arkansas well i guess the south all pushed for revitalizing downtown and um the uh one of the things that happened was Van Buren, I don't know that I knew this, Dina. Maybe I did and I forgot it. But Van Buren, the downtown, was featured in the 1988 movie Biloxi Blues and on the 1982 TV miniseries, The Blue and the Gray. And I've seen both of those and didn't know that. So now I'm going to have to go back and look at them. And watch it, yeah. Yeah, but it's a, it's a cute little town with little quaint shops and all that. Um, let's see. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. Um, I'm sorry. I've got, here's two paragraphs that I don't know where they go. So anyway, I, understand. I don't know. Um, let's see. Can we, uh, <laughs> okay. So the murder, what really happened there was an actor named Charles Tolson who had 
uh, was the owner of the Tolson Stock Company. And um, th that is not an unusual name. A lot of opera house theater companies were called stock companies because they'd either come into the opera house and they would, um, you know, do like a different play every night for five nights. That wasn't typical. Instead, circle stock was typical. And that's where you like your facility, your uh, uh, oh my God, uh, this has been happening to me all week. I cannot remember English words. So their home base where they rehearsed their plays would be one city. Oh. And then like Tuesday, they'd go to Van Buren and Wednesday, they'd go to West Fork and Thursday, they'd go to, and they'd present the same play. And then they go back to their city that's in the middle and they rehearse a new play and then they go out and Tuesday they do with that same town and Wednesday, you know what I mean? So that's called circle yeah. stock. And that's yeah. typically the way they worked in opera houses. Okay. So uh, this Tolson stock company was a traveling acting company. Now here's the thing. Charles Tolson was married to a woman named Lorena Tolson, who was an actress and he had a son, Franz. So Tolson was well-respected and locally famous. And uh, on September 3rd, 1903, the Tolson Stock Company was finishing their week-long engagement at the King Opera House. Oh, see? Okay, I just like proved myself wrong. So they were not a circle stock company. They came and they presented different plays during the week. Okay, fine. Um. Tolson retired to the Collins Hotel that evening with family before waking up to travel to the Frisco Depot for a train departing to Fort Smith where they were going to play the next week. So okay. Tolson had 11 actors with his troupe and they arrive at 7.45 a.m. Tolson leaves the troupe to purchase tickets for the train. Um, a man named Abe Tibbetts, who was hired to carry their luggage, stood with Tolson at the ticket window and this Dr. Parchman, who did have a daughter named Allie, A-L-L-Y-E, um, had been waiting inside the depot in the waiting room. He stepped outside, called Tolson's name, and some witness reports say that Parchman never spoke to Tolson. But as Tolson turned, Parchman pulled a 44 caliber revolver out of his pocket and fired a shot missing Tolson. As he turned to run from the gunfire, another shot struck Tolson in the back above his hip. The force of the gunshot to his back forced him to spin and face Parchman, who fired one more shot at Tolson's chest. Luckily, this is so crazy, the bullet made contact with a watch in Tolson's pocket, but the impact forced him to the ground. After firing the shots, it was reported that Parchman turned and quietly walked away from the scene of the crime. Tolson was put on the arriving train to Fort Smith and was admitted to Bell Point Hospital in Fort Smith, where he succumbed to his wounds the next day. So he died anyway. On his huh. deathbed, Tolson declared that he'd only given Allie good advice and considering and considered Dr. Parchman as a good friend. Um, as a very good friend as any other man in, in Van Buren. So the real- So you don't, okay. You're going to tell me why that happened. So that's, so Parchman shot Tolson that morning on suspicion that he was taking his 17-year-old daughter away. 
He received this information the night before the shooting from a vinegar salesman named C.G. Murray. What we Those vinegar salesmen, I tell you. Stay away from them. They are not to be trusted. Sour, sour, I tell sour. you. Sour. We discovered that Allie was a typical 17-year-old girl with a very overbearing father, says Meryl Purvis, director of the AMP Commission in Van Buren. She thinks she saw an opportunity to get away. I'm sure she had an attraction to Charles Tolson, but she really just saw an opportunity to get out of a small town. According to notes found in the 17-year-old's purse, um, she may have had these plans to run away with the troop, but nothing came to fruition. J.C. Godley, the lead actor for the Tolson Stock Company, told newspapers that Allie was stage struck and Tolson had told her that she needed to stop hanging around and go home where she belonged. In her research, this uh, woman, Meryl Purvis, says that Murray himself had an interest in Allie. That's the vinegar salesman. Wow. And several accounts report to newspapers at the time that said that Murray had a less than honorable interest in her and was jealous of her attention towards Tolson. Allegedly, hmm. he'd said to Allie that his wife was an invalid in a Louisiana nursing home, and upon her passing, he wanted to marry her. So this Merrill Purvis believes that once he saw Allie had an attraction to Tolson and his troop, he manufactured the story to make sure that Allie didn't leave. So after Parchman shot Tolson, he made his way home and contacted Sheriff Jim Pitcock to tell him what he'd done. A warrant was issued for Parchman on the charge of assault with intent to kill. He was admitted to bail in the sum of $1,000. Um, this same woman who's done a bunch of history said there was plenty of evidence to convict him, but he was very well respected in the state of Arkansas. He hired a dream team of attorneys to represent him. So at the trial, a very close friend of his, a colonel, stepped in as lead counsel, and the trial begins on June 24th, 1904, with several of the witnesses missing, including Murray, the vinegar salesman, and Allie, who had left Van Buren immediately after the shooting. According to a yeah. report from the Van Buren Argus, that must be a newspaper. Colonel Miles, this is his lawyer, presented the case of the defense, briefly dwelling on the different degrees of murder and how justifiable murder would be his defense. In his closing argument, he referred to Tolson as the would-be destroyer of Parchman's daughter's purity. Because Lord God, we can't have that, you know. Which had already probably been destroyed. Or was on its way to be. Sure. Yeah. Um. And if you're going to oppress your daughter, of course she's going to run away. So the Fort Smith News Record published Miles' closing argument. Quote, in the event of an assault, he had no right to expect to get off with his life. Numbers were against him, and criminal experience was his adversary. He hesitated not, placing upon the sacrificial altar the accumulation of a lifetime, his home association, his liberty, his very life. He went forward to the discharge of his duty calmly, coolly, without wavering or hesitation, not as a murderer skulking in the nighttime to consummate an assassination, but rather as a good citizen, feeling and knowing the supporting and protecting care of the law. 
Ooh, that was something. Yeah. Yeah. After, after two ballots, the first vote being 10 for acquittal and two for guilty, the second vote found the defendant not guilty by reason of self-defense. So basically, he gets away with murder. This overbearing big man. Old about rich white man. You mean the old rich white man didn't yeah. have to pay for his crimes? Oh that my guy. God. Yes. So the aftermath of the trial, um, Tolson dies, right? So his wife continues traveling with the acting troupe and remarries a year after shooting. Allie was sent to live with a family member in Missouri and never returned to Van Buren. Not much is known about Allie's life after the shooting, but she married in 1907 and is buried in Corpus Christi, Texas. Parchman, the dad, tried to live a quiet life after the murder, but according to this Merrill Purvis, he received very little sympathy from the community and many were outspoken in condemning him, as they should have. Yes. So today, the story of Tolson lives on as a ghost haunting the King Opera House, and he's buried in Oak Cemetery in Fort Smith. So yeah, so the ghost supposedly that haunts the King's Opera House, they say is this Charles Tolson, uh, unrequited love, you know, they spin that, that he, mm -hmm. he wanted to run away with her, the dad came and shot him, and he's in the theater looking for her. Okay, well, I don't think it's Tolson. So maybe it's Parchman, who should roam the earth, sad for the rest of his yeah. eternity, or however long yeah. that lasts. Um, so this Bill Ratliff, wasn't that his name, Bill? Well, I got to go back up. Whatever his name was, uh, Mr. Ratliff, Ratcliffe. Um, he says, oh, so so there's a, there's some YouTubes, and on uh, and those links will be on the website, but on a couple or three of them, they're interviewing him. And so this comes from some of those. Um, he says, you'll hear things fall outside my office and you'll see nothing has fallen. Um, in one of these YouTubes, uh, Ratcliffe shows reporters an area underneath the stage where some people have reported experiencing ghostly encounters. I'm so sorry. The lemon juice in that drink has given me heartburn. Man, citrus kills me every time. Okay. They said uh back to back to this in this underneath the stage area. They said while we didn't see Mr. Tolson or anyone else from beyond the grave, the building gave off an eerie feeling with ominous handprints on mirrors and eerily mm -hmm. creaky steps. Ratcliffe added that when he comes and goes every day, he makes sure to acknowledge those who have graced the stage before him. When I lock up in the evening and I get ready to turn the lights off, I will say, Charles, take care of the place. I'll see you tomorrow. That's probably smart. Although it's, pro I, you know, I don't know why. It's, well, you know, we always greet Lizzie when we open. Hey, oh. Lizzie. And I always tell her good night when I leave. Just if I'm closing, if I'm not closing, there's usually people in there and that'd be weird. Okay. When I get there in the morning, I will say good morning. Well, we'll see. I think that's great. Acknowledge it. So Channel 5 in uh, wherever that comes out of in Arkansas, from their uh, video, um, several former employees who had worked at the King Opera House say when they're alone, they often feel like there's someone in the room with them. 
a former director with the Young Actors Guild, which in the past regularly performed at the King Opera House, also said she once turned off the lights only she like she went up to the booth and turned off the lights. And when she came back out with a flashlight, all the lights were on. So she goes back up to the booth and turns them off again. When she comes back down, all the lights are on. <laughs> so others say they've seen the ghost of the young actor in person. The ghost is said to materialize dressed in a top hat and Victorian style coat with a long cape, still longing to be with the young girl he fell in love with all those years ago, except that's not true. Um, so there is a uh, YouTube um, that um, will be on the website um, that is Paranormal Adventures with the Crew, and they call themselves PAC. Seems to me to be kind of local, but I don't, I've never heard of it. But anyway, I watched that whole video. So they spent the night, and on their website, if you go to their website, which will also be on our website, um, they have pictures of orbs, they heard sounds. In the video, one of them walks right into a cold spot. And so there is, I mean, I don't know, you know, I believe every theater has a ghost. There's just been too much energy in and out of those places, you know. Um, uh, I also went on another website, um, ArkansasHauntedHouses.com. And there was one post from April 15th of 23 that said, my friend and I have been here and have experienced doors closing, seats moving, and lights and sounds changing on their own. Lights and sound changing on their own. Um, you can go, and this will also be on our website, but when you go to the King Opera House website, they actually do lead ghost tours and they give you equipment and... I'm sure it's kind of a fundraising thing, but you can uh -huh. you can go spend the night there actually. So That's that fun. is the story of the King Opera House in Van Buren, Arkansas. Good one. And the that was a good one. Fake ghost story that really might be real, but not because of the way it is portrayed. What they say, yeah, yeah. So there. Well, it's good. Yeah. So you'll see some pictures. Yeah. It makes me want to go ghost hunt because I haven't gotten to do that since you went home. Oh. I really wanted to take myself on the boat and the scooter wouldn't let me. Oh. Well, I don't know. Those both it's new, right? I mean, you know, they say at least one person dies on every cruise. Listen. They have a more let me tell you, when we got off in Cosmo, okay, uh ambulance waiting for us. When we got off at Mobile, there was another ambulance waiting for us. So, oh, it's a lot uh, of old people, and that's exciting, yeah. you know. Well, and it was, I will say, the spirit is not the party boat that the Valor is. Um, and I'm not complaining about that. I mean, there were like, I guess there was a fight on the Lido deck that we totally missed, but um, was it Parker? I'll say that <laughs> it was not, it was not Parker. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I don't think they might have kept that from us. Was he, it Parker he and Keith and Lexi, yeah. Parker and Peyton. Keith fighting each other. Peyton and Parker. It would have been more likely to be Peyton <laughs> and Parker. Um, because once again, uh, Parker, Keith, and Lexi went and did their own thing, and Peyton and Pace and Evan were like attached to our hip. 
And I thought Evan would like keep her away and no. Uh, <laughs> but I love them. It's okay. It's yeah. okay. I just told Skitter, I said, we need a mom and dad cruise in fall. Or yeah. It's just us. Just, yeah, probably. Yeah. So and your sister who will tag yeah. along. Because yeah. I've never been on a cruise. I don't know if uh, I'd want to go on one. I don't know. Oh, it's I don't know. It's super fun. And we had the best uh, room because we were so there were 10 decks. We were deck five in the middle of the ship. So I mean it was the best room because we felt nothing. Uh, and we were right by the glass elevator. So when you came out, you like when we were at the Valor, we had to go down the longest hallway ever, <laughs> it felt like to get to the elevators. And we were a little afraid that it was going to be loud since it was right by the elevators, but you know we didn't. We okay. didn't have any problems. We yeah. had a we had a good time. Good. I also, yes, won the friends trivia yet again. So oh I my god! Two, okay, I have two ships uh, for the same thing. Yeah, and I really like the last one. We had to go to a tiebreaker when I won it on the Valor. This one. I got 21 right, and the next person under me got 15. Which is just oh, like, oh, novice. You have a problem. <laughs> I know, I know. When I when they stopped at 15, I was just like, oh, shit. <laughs> Maybe I need to quit watching this show for a little yeah. bit. I could do that with Seinfeld. I've been through all of Seinfeld two and, a, two and three quarters times. I'm almost on the last season I, for the third yeah, time. I can't even tell you how many times I've watched the entire <laughs> show yeah all 10 seasons yeah yeah i have a problem it's fine it's fine all right well thank you everybody for listening to us don't forget that we are on facebook and instagram um our website is ozarkanesandhooch.weebly.com and we'll say goodbye goodbye yeah, bye oh patreon bye and remember if you liked it tell all your friends but if you didn't Keep your big mouth shut.